What's going on, everybody? This is Drew. I am back, and I have with me Matt Quinn. Matt, how are you doing? Doing pretty good. Good. We're back with another episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down 21.0, and uh, we're playing a a game that I said was possibly going to be my favorite game that we've played so far. You said that before, or you still say that? I still say that. I said it on Twitter, and I still kind of stick to my guns. Um, of the games that we've done for Phoenix Down? Yeah. I don't even know if it's top five for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the game that we're playing is a game called Binary Domain. This game came out in 2011. I believe. I may be wrong. That may be 2012. No, 2012. 2012. February 2012, I believe. There you go. 2012, so technically two years old. Almost two years old. Um, a game that kind of came out of nowhere. Nobody really had heard of it before, whenever it, whenever yep. it released. Um, and it was released on PC, 360, and uh, PlayStation 3. And I believe we're both playing the PlayStation 3 version, correct? Thanks okay. to uh, PS Plus. Yep, it was free on PlayStation Plus, and we both picked it up there. I have the PC version. In fact, that was the version I wanted to play. But there is an aspect to this game that would not work with my PC, even though I tried everything I possibly could to get it to work. Uh, would that be the voice commands? That would be the voice commands. Um, I could not get uh, my mic to work on the PC, even though I'm recording on my PC using the exact same mic right now. <laughs> um, but it does work on my PlayStation, so I'm playing the PlayStation version. And uh, yeah, binary domain. Um, I didn't know anything about it until Ken started talking about it, um, and he didn't even get it for review. He actually bought the game, and I heard that it was a third-person shooter, um, and I didn't even know about the voice commands. Uh, yeah, I didn't either. I didn't know this thing had voice commands until I booted it up. That's one of the fun. Luckily, they're optional because. I did not have my headset, although I'm gonna bring it home tonight and try it out. Okay. Uh, it I um, when I found that out, then I started experimenting, and um, I really wanted to use it after I saw that what you could do. But it's interesting. Uh, binary domain is it's um, it uses this system, um, kind of like. Uh, Persona, I would say a little bit, where you do things that will make your squad mates like you more, and they will uh, listen to your. Um... I would say yes in a very watered down sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not as extensive as Persona or something like that. It's you know, it's it's very simplistic. You know, you do something that fits their characteristic, and they will like you more. Um, if you give them orders that does not get them hurt. They will like you more. <laughs> uh, and, and that's pretty much it. Don't shoot them. They don't like being shot either. But, uh, but you can probably shoot them a few times before they really give up on you. Yeah. That's that's Because I, I... Go ahead. I've had them jump in front of me a few times and then get mad at me. And I'm like, yo, you jumped in front of me when I was shooting. You're the idiot, not me. This is, this is true. The AI in this game is not the best in the world. In fact, there is one part I will talk about later that really pissed me off. Yeah, me too. I don't think it's the same part, but there's one part that pissed me off. Too. <laughs> but 
the story is it's the year what 2040 2080 2080 I believe yeah 2080 and uh, robotics have um, made leaps and bounds as far as uh, advancing in technology and um, where we the human beings now use robotics as everyday life kind of like kind of like servants yeah so and I thought that was kind of interesting because I think they said it was born out of necessity also because after you know this world flooded basically yeah was it polar ice caps melted or something like that yeah yada yeah. yada yada global warming whatever the the water levels rose and most of the cities were flooded so they built the cities up upward yeah using the old cities as like a foundation right and because most of the people on the planet died they needed robots to do that yeah and so robots came in to do all the construction and then service jobs and all the other stuff so um people a lot of people were able to live very comfortable lives uh due to this um, and don't get me wrong, there's still a lot of poverty, and uh, we, we see that firsthand. But um, what ends up happening is that the, the technology advance, advancements uh, get so deep that um, companies begin creating lifelike uh, robotics. Covertly, I think, though, right? Because didn't they say there was some law that you can't make robots be humanoid? Well, that's what happened was was that I think they started making them look humanoid, and then the government came in and said, no, we can't have this. And they started that law, and then they were banned from making them ever again. Okay. I, I and think. then flash forward 35 years. See, I didn't think there – I didn't think that there was – they were anywhere close. Like I didn't think there was a humanoid one, and then they put the law into effect. I think because of that law, nobody had any concept that there would be one That's until probably, it showed yeah. up in, the, in until it showed up at the headquarters. Yeah. Um, so there's two companies out there um, that that specialize and are predominant in the robotics industry. Uh, one of them being an American-made industry. And Bergen what, or Burgeon? Burgeon. I think it's Burgeon. Burgeon. Um, and the other one being uh, a Japanese company. The Amada Corporation. The Amada, yeah. And uh, in the United States, at the Bergen headquarters, a man shows up uh, and almost and tries to attack the president of the Bergen Corporation. Yeah, very disgruntled. Yeah. And um, he is in distraught because, well, we, we see uh, he is a human – who has thought and emotion and half of his face is torn off and he is actually robotic underneath, basically a Terminator. Yeah, pretty much. And, um, the Bergen corporation acts like they don't know what the hell's going on. Um, in fact, uh, the, the next cutscene, um, which they, they, they killed, they killed the, the robot guy or actually he kills himself with a grenade, I think. And um, the next cutscene is basically at the Pentagon, um, and uh, the leaders of the free world are all talking. Funny, another interesting thing. Apparently, everybody in the United States talks like a southerner, <laughs> like a really bad southerner. Do you feel right at home? It doesn't. We don't sound like that. <laughs> it's it's true. Like the Walking Dead 
television show. There's a never, few, never heard of it. Yeah, it's it's kind of a small little niche title. Um, they do a okay job of transferring these accents. Okay. Um, some of them are a little exaggerated. Like if you listen to Rick, you can tell he's kind of forcing that a little bit. Yeah. Norman Reedus is about the best Southerner you can sound like. I mean, he he, he he's he's got that down pat. Which I don't know where he's from. I doubt he's from the South, though. I always just assumed Boston, but you know that's for other reasons. <laughs> yeah, Norman Reedus. Let's find out where he's from. Born in Hollywood, Florida, so he is a Southern guy. Kinda. Hollywood, Florida. Kinda. I don't really consider Florida South, but anyway. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, but uh, they're at the Pentagon. They're all talking about what the hell is this? I didn't think we had this kind of technology, and they're talking to the the head of that company. Um, of the American company, uh, like, w- what the hell is this? Did you guys create this? He says, we don't even have the technology to do this. Yeah, that's why I don't think there ever was one, because they were like, they were shocked. They were like, we didn't know this was possible. Yeah. It, w- what they didn't know was like, they didn't know how long these people were secretly living around them. Like, that guy who blew himself up and attacked the president of the company. Yeah, you know, they were like he he was issued U.S. citizenship thirty years ago, and of course the guy's like thirty years ago. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah, it's like this robot's been living with us for thirty years and didn't know it was a robot. Yeah, and he didn't know it was a robot. The, yeah, the robots don't even know that they're robots. They're called hollow children, is what they call them. And um, they uh they start talking. I don't get that cutscene a little bit because apparently the general. Was a hollow child too, and didn't know it. But everybody else, yeah. Did. How did any, yeah, exactly. How did anyone else know it? Yeah, that's that's what I'm confused with. Is like, do they have like a metal detector? I don't know. Yeah, like, did they do some special scans after yeah. they saw that first one to, you know, assure that they hadn't been infiltrated? Yeah, maybe maybe we'll find out later. Yeah. Um, but the consensus consensus is that the Amada. Corporation. Yoji Amada was the only other person that could have possibly done it if it wasn't yeah. urgent. But the thing is, he hasn't been seen for like 30, 40 years. Yeah. You know, that nobody knows where he is. Or the, the, he's, I guess he's living in the corporate, like the, the build, the company building, and he just never comes out. Uh, but they're speculating that he is the one that's doing this and possibly trying to infiltrate the United States. Um, and they don't even know how many there are out there. You could be one and not even know it. Yeah, so, I mean, it's not a new concept. No. But it is relatively fresh. I agree with pretty much everything I've heard. I mean, that's there aren't many games like that currently. I mean, I, I like things like Deus Ex. Yeah. Where you've got a little man and machine hybrid action going on. Yeah, it's got it's got feelings of Blade Runner and... Battlestar Galactica and definitely old Terminator. Terminator, yeah, Terminator. They got they've got a lot of stuff combined in there. You can feel references to practically everything that has to do with what it means to be human in a futuristic world. So it's yeah, it's interesting how they did it. And, and the presentation is pretty good. Yeah, I, I like the way that they're doing the flashbacks and the cutscenes and everything. They, they the characters themselves. 
are what I like the most about this. Um, okay, you're 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 sighing already. I mean, I I don't dislike the characters, but every time they do something, I'm like, yep, I could have I could have predicted you were gonna do that based on the way you look. That's, that's like I don't wanna I don't wanna stereotype you guys, but you are playing up to my stereotypes. That's the greatest part about it. It's like the stereotypical ragtag group of mercs who hate each other and love each other at the same time, and there's like this smarmy American cocky motherfucker who's leading them, kinda. And you know, and then there's the the stiff ass Brit. And yeah. then I think know, he's my favorite so far. And then you know, and then you got or the the, uh, the French robot. The French robot, yeah. I mean, come on, it's 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 one of those dumb action movie kind of tropes. Yes, that, I, and I'm glad that it doesn't. They're not taking it too seriously. Yeah, like, that's if, the if great they thing. Did the stereotypes would be a problem, but the game is lighthearted enough that it doesn't bother me. Yeah, I mean, there's some serious moments in this fucking game, but it's. They never, yeah, and they never take itself too seriously. That's one of the great things that that makes it work for me. It makes yeah, me, so yeah, yeah. Every time one of the characters interacts with with one another is, it makes me smile. <laughs> you know, and, you know, Dan's all cocky, and you know, you got the the Chinese woman who is, you know, serious and quiet and straight to the point, modest, and he's always joking around and stuff like that. And you know, they got to get together at some t- point or another. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's it, it's stuff like that that's got to happen. You got the badass British girl who is you know all into explosives and shotguns and stuff, and mm-hmm. you got the coal train, who's who's Dan's big buddy. I mean that's another thing. Their names, their big names, Bo. Big Bo and Dan. You know Dan, a typical American name. Of course, I think of a cocky asshole whenever I think of somebody named Dan. <laughs> Dan Marshall. Dan, is that his name, Dan Marshall? Yep. Okay. I, yeah, I, I don't know if they did they ever mention his last name. I don't know, but I, 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 yeah, I don't know. But yeah, that I think the presentation is, is fantastic. I, I love it. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. So, um, uh, another thing I want I do want to bring up is we talk about the voice commands a little bit. So there is multiple times where you will be with your squad mates. And you will need to interact with them. They'll ask you questions, things like that. And depending on how you respond, they will either like you more or less. And they have a – I wouldn't say limited. They don't have a very wide range of words that you can say into the mic. No, I think I think I read somewhere it was about 70 that I can recognize Yeah. in total. And, Which um, might sound like a lot, but it doesn't even feel like that much. Yeah. So it's um, – it's, it's somewhat limited, but it, it, it gives off just enough to where I want to have these people like me. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, – yeah, but there but there are hiccups. Um, there's a couple of times where they think I'm saying one word and I'm not saying that word. You know, a good example would be at the very beginning during the tutorial, you have Big Bo talking to you. And he's like, okay, um, Tell me to advance. So I say advance. He goes up forward. All right, now tell me to fall back. And I say fall back, and it thinks I'm saying blitz, which is <laughs> which is the opposite of fall back. Yeah. And so and, – and during the tutorial, I'm like, fall back, 
no, no, man. You got to say fall back. And I say fall back. He said, you know what? Fuck it. We'll get it later. <laughs> I'm like, no, we're not going to get it later. <laughs> yeah. I will never use the words fall back. <laughs> so <laughs> now I just say regroup. And now and they come back to me. So that 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 happened. Um, but I really like how they do that. You know, it's, they're always going to ask you questions and you have to get a feel for what people think and how they feel. Um, it's yeah, I really like that. I don't know. It's, it's, it's something small that I didn't even know was in the game. Yeah, it was surprising. Yeah. I also didn't realize it was a Sega game, so when that flashed across the front, I was like, oh, God. Okay, all right. First off, <laughs> you need to chill it out with the Sega stuff. Because, you know, another interesting fact about this game is that the, the producer of this game, and I think the writer of this game, is one of the guys who created the uh, Yakuza series. Yes, and I, as far as I know, this is their only game they've made that's not part of that series. Okay. Then, um, you know. I kind of wish they would have used the shooting from this game in the uh, Yakuza Five, mm-hmm. because that one uh, that one aimed the the game controlled like ass. But anyway, that's just me though. But I've always enjoyed the Yakuza series, and uh, you can you can definitely get a feel like uh, if you've ever played a Yakuza game before, and you sit down and play this the the way they present things and how people kind of act sometimes, you can tell it's like man that that has a Yakuza feel to it. Um, the way like, you know, there's a cutscene and you're getting ready to take over as Dan and the, the, how the camera looks at Dan and Dan looks kind of like at the camera and it kind of zooms in on him a little bit and then it goes to where you're controlling him. That's totally yeah. something from Yakuza, <laughs> you no. know? Yeah. It's, it's always like that whenever you have a cutscene and then the camera zooms in on Kazuma and he's, <laughs> he's looking up at the camera and it's like, Oh, it's time to fight. Here we go. So, um, yeah, it has, it has some subtle things to it but yeah so um what happens is after the whole big reveal that there are um, skin jobs out there um and if anybody gets that reference i'm sure matt does mm-hmm. uh, toasters or what, what does dan call them um scrap, scrap heads, heads i think is what they call them in this game yeah scrap heads that's what dan calls them um they uh they send in Dan and uh, Big Bo, um, to uh, is it Tokyo? Is that where they go to Tokyo? Uh, it may not be Tokyo. A city in Japan? No, it's Tokyo. It's Tokyo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, Tokyo Bay where they first start off at, and uh, they they send them in uh, covertly to uh, infiltrate Tokyo try to figure out what the hell's going on and if the um, Amada company is over this. And they're there to make contact with other people um, who are also trying to help them. <clears throat> people from, the, I guess, the UN? Is that is that what it is? I think so. And they're, they're called a Rust Crew. Yeah, the Rust Crew. I don't know what that means. Is that is that like an actual technical term? In the game it is, yeah. That's what they call themselves is the Rust Crew. Rust Crew... Binary domain, that's the first thing that pops up. There is no such thing as a Rust crew in real life. I figured a Rust crew was like a crew of just people who don't know each other or some shit like that. I don't know. Anyway, so uh, they, they send in uh, Dan and Big Bo as the uh, U.S. representatives of this, uh, and they have to um, begin with um, infiltrating through the um, 
the seawall. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, the the beginning tutorial and stuff like that. Nothing really too difficult, but you get a feel for how the how the shooting works and stuff like that. And the shooting is actually very tight. Yeah, I, I was I was impressed with it. Yeah, I was thinking this is going to be floaty as shit and and stuff like that. But it's they did a very good job of recreating Gears of War. Yep. Uh, anything? I mean, I'm talking a lot. Do you, anything you want to mention? Um, I mean, I, nothing in particular other than than what we're saying. I mean, it's it's. It starts off with an interesting premise, and yeah. you know the the shooting is. Um, it, it feels good. All the cover, all the cover mechanics, and the popping in and out of cover feels good. Climbing up and down things feels good. And you shoot off limbs of the robots. Yeah, that's actually one of the things I really like is shooting <laughs> off the limbs. But even on top of that, the the cosmetic, the way that bits and pieces come flying off of it, so it's got like covering, and then that. That pops off, and you see kind of the the under endoskeleton, the and then that pops stuff. off, and, yeah. it, and you can see like the damaged areas, and then you can blow off the legs, and the fact that they'll like crawl towards you. <laughs> they don't like try and crawl towards you, or you yeah. can shoot their heads off, and uh, they can't see, so they'll start attacking anybody. Yeah, <laughs> which is awesome. Yeah, so little things like that, I think, I actually are pretty fun because uh, like the very first section of the game. I was just kind of like, oh, God, what am I in for here? Because it's literally just a corridor with a bunch of very clearly positioned obstacles that you can run up, duck under it. I mean, like, hide behind it, go to the next one, hide behind it, go to the next one, hide behind it. And it's just a clear rectangular corridor. And I'm like, this is going to be a slog. But <laughs> they, they do change it up quite a bit. Yeah. And uh, it. There are some of the, some of the things that I dislike are uh, control wise. Like I what? find it kind of weird how some obstacles you have to pop into cover and then hit X again to go over them. Yeah. But some obstacles you just you have don't. to walk up to and hit circle. Yeah. And so, like, I don't immediately know before I get to it which one of those types of obstacles it's going to be. At this point, because that's that was kind of weird to me. I'm like this is a circle obstacle. This is a double X obstacle, and I don't know which one is which. You know, I mean, It looks like if it's the very small, thin barriers, it's like an XX, yeah. where you have to pop into cover and then jump over it. But if you're just like going up a level, if it's like a, like I say, a two-foot-high barrier, and you yeah. need to just pop up onto it, that's O, and you don't ever need to hit X. Yeah, they... And you can't... You, it's not like either or. It's one or the other, and you don't know which one it's going to be sometimes. Yeah, and... So I was just kind of like, that's really weird. In the in the heat of battle, you kind of want to know which one to hit. That's Yeah, that that is a little wonky. Um, the other thing I don't like about it is that you can't throw a grenade at any given time. You actually have to equip the grenade to throw it. Yeah, that... That's very slow. Yeah, that's kind of annoying because you know you got to put your gun away, you got to pull out a grenade. This whole time I'm getting shot the hell up. Yeah. You know, and I just want to throw. A, I just want to quickly throw a grenade. You know. Yeah, I want one button to push to throw a grenade. Yeah. Without having to switch to it and leave my gun, you know. Especially because they are pretty useful in this game. Yes. You've got frag grenades. You've also got EMP grenades, which since you're fighting all machines, it comes in very handy. Yeah. 
especially against like the not really boss sized but mid level yeah, those machine the, gun toting ones. That yeah, are like, those guys are a pain. Like sometimes one and a half times as high as the other guys. Also, we need to mention uh, the the enemies that we're fighting are not hollow children. These are not human looking robots. These are humanoid looking robots, but you can yeah. totally tell that they are robots. Most of them are green. And you can just shoot their body parts off real easily. We haven't actually fought a humanoid-looking robot. We haven't fought a hollow child yet. Right. We fought everything. Everything we fought is clearly a machine. Yeah. So, um... Some much larger than others. Yeah, most of them are like security bots that work for the police or work for, I guess, the military. Like military bots or something like that. Which, at this point, I think the government's run by the corporations. It's kind of like Deus Ex. Yeah. Or, you know, everything's a corporation. Um, yeah, so Deus Ex is a nice uh, juxtaposition because that's a game that does take itself very seriously, I think. I think – Have you, did you play Human, Human Revolution? Yes, I find that game to be fantastic. I think that's one of the best games of last generation. I agree. That that uh, It blew me away. Especially considering the first two are so hard to get into. Yeah. As we have tried. Yeah, the, the God Deus Ex. I mean, th- there's one thing. There's something to mention when I watched the story trailer for Deus Ex: Human Revolution, and it gives me fucking chills. Yeah, I mean that. I, I would love to watch that movie. Yeah, that that because God, the way they use the music and the the you know the alliteration between uh, him and and uh, Icarus, mm-hmm. you know, flying too close to the sun, stuff like that. It, it's, it's great. So, um, but yeah, that's another game completely. Yeah, that, that's a different. Yeah, this is all about busting scrap heads, and you know it's. It, but we get a little bit of just, just I can't ever pronounce that justification. To how you say it? What are you trying to say? <laughs> J U X T I juxtaposition. 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 What the fuck am I thinking? <laughs> this is this fucking just a potato. Just a potato. Yeah. I'm going to start calling it that from now on, just a potato. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, so uh, the first chapter, relatively simple, relatively straightforward. Uh, you do have a boss fight. Um, you don't really fight. You basically just run from it. Um, and you use a crane to, uh, to knock it out so you can open a door. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, you can knock out uh, robots in this game, uh, and then you you know they they have a lot of action sequences that feel kind of Michael Bayish. Yep. Or you know you're sliding down the water wall fall thing and try not to get hit by pipes and conveniently placed things. Um, yeah, one of the multiple sections where you need to go through an action sequence to get to the next shooting section. Yeah. And uh, in, we make it to the seawall. We uh, we kind of hide. We ride a, a boat <laughs> through the water, kind of, um, and make it into the inner city or the lower city. Okay. I, I I compare this to Midgar <laughs> from Final Fantasy <laughs> VII. Yeah. Because basically, it's the slums up under the city, and then the city up above is all rich and prosperous and stuff. Yep. And so Which. We, like that, you know, that's a great metaphor, but 
basically in this game and in things I've read about this game, they say that they just left the Undercity to rot, basically. Yeah. But how do you build a city on top of another city without like making sure that your foundation is not falling apart? I guess they just send the robots down there. I guess. I don't know if that would work because it seems like the citizens of the uh, lower city really hate robots. Yeah. I don't know. That's yeah. That makes no sense. But it just seems like yeah, you built it on the old city, but you would kind of have to do maintenance on that old city, or else your new city would collapse. You'd think so. But minor point, minor world building point. <laughs> Still, I mean, it's a a tried and true way to set up your society. Yeah. So um, after uh, after we um. Make it into the slum area. Uh, we run into our first two contacts. No, we run into both all our contacts, except for the French guy. Yeah. Um, and it's whenever we're getting attacked by that Lancer again. The Grand Lancer. The Grand Lancer. Uh, we um, we get saved by the uh, Rachel, the British woman. Mm-hmm. She's uh, She shoots a rocket at it and blows it up. And um, we meet up with the rest of them. We uh, we meet up with the I guess the leader. I don't know who really who the leader is. I think it seemed like the British guy to me. Yeah, I think the British guy is supposed to be the, the the squad leader, but Dan's always like the point man kind of deal. Yeah. Um. And what what is what is the British guy's name? Charles. Charles Gregory. There you go, Charles. Um, meet up with him, meet up with, uh, Rachel, which is, they have a history, obviously. I think they were both in MI6 together. Mm-hmm. And, um, then we meet up with the, uh, in the Chinese woman, which is Faye. Faye. She is with them as well. Um, and they, they say that they have to, uh, meet up with their French contact. Um, and they, uh, but before they do that, they want to talk to um, basically one of the leaders of the, I guess, a, a Yakuza gang. Uh, Mifune. Yeah, pretty much, like a slum gang. Yeah. Mifune. Or Mifune. Mifune. I don't know. You're going to have to excuse me pronouncing my Japanese names. So uh, we travel um, through the bottom part of the city. Um, and meet up with um these young gang kids, which I I totally skipped that one part where the little kids were salvaging the guns, mm-hmm. and they were gonna rob Big Bo and Dan, uh, but then one of the robots mm-hmm. came back to life and tried to kill one of the kids, and then Dan like saved them and they let him go. Um, but that happened before we met up with the contacts. But now we uh we run. How good natured Dan is. Yeah. Dan's uh he's cocky, but he's got a heart of gold. Um, so we meet up with um. Well, first we go to a bar, and ask around. And um, we're looking for another contact that can take us to the Yakuza boss. Um, we go into this bar, and uh. The, the we find out that the the yakuza boss is watching them through one of the robots that's like the helping the bartender. Yeah, just kind of hanging out in the bar. Yeah, 
And um, then you get a nice little flashback into yeah. uh, Dan's past. Yeah, we get a flashback to Dan, like as a kid, beating the hell out of something. We don't know what. He's beating the hell out of the camera. The camera yeah. was looking up at him. He's beating it with a baseball bat, and he's crying. And we don't know what he's killing. He's obviously killing something. So we don't know. All right. So full disclosure, I don't know what happens in this game. And I mentioned it on N4G podcast, but I'll mention it here. I got a feeling either Dan's going to be a robot or everybody's a fucking robot. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's- somebody in the squad is a robot. Besides the French robot. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> one of them is a skin job. So I don't know who. I, I have a full... I have this feeling that Dan is going to... It's supposed to be some kind of big reveal that Dan's going to be a robot, but no shit. That's that's what I'm thinking. If they ever do yeah. reveal that, I don't know. I have no idea. I have not spoiled this game for myself, so... But after uh, afterwards, we run into these uh, teenagers who say that they can take us to the boss. In fact, that's what they're there for, is to take us to uh, Mifune. And... Um, this is when we get to walk around the slums and talk to hookers and stuff like that. That's always fun. Um, and you, this is this is one of the first times where it's kind of like a hub world where you can walk around and talk to your teammates too. Yeah. And kind of get them to like you as well. Um, and I, I do want to mention a comparison here because it does play a lot like a Gears of War style game. You know, mm-hmm. the... the, the Stop and pop shooter kind of deal, um, but there was an interesting thing, <clears throat> a little trivia for Gears of War. Uh, originally, the developers—I don't know if it was Cliff Blazinski or not—the uh, developers of Gears of War wanted it. Wanted um, you play as Marcus Phoenix, but he wanted his squad mates that you played as, played with in the game, uh, to to have morale. And uh, their morale would go up and down depending on how, depending on things that you chose, whether it be to say something to them or what you guys did throughout the course of the game. And if their morale went low enough, they'd commit suicide. Oh damn! And, and you wouldn't have them for the rest of the game. Um, that that was one of the original concepts of Gears of War, but uh, they, they changed it obviously. And I get a feeling this is kind of like that. It feels like that. I don't think that they'll commit suicide. I don't know what happens if you have somebody completely despise you. See, I don't I I don't think it's that big of a part of the game. I don't think anything will happen if they don't like you. I think you'll just get some different dialogue, it'll be unhappy with you. Yeah. I mean, like it, I, yeah, that it, may it's be interesting, tr- but I really don't think it's it, it's developed to that point. Unless it's uh, multiple endings or some shit like that, I have no idea. Yeah. Um so I, I you know, it's interesting. I guess we'll find out what kind of impact it does have. And if I don't find out at the end of the game, I will definitely look it up. But, uh, yeah, so this is the first time we can actually talk to all our friends and stuff like that. And, um, then we can carry on with the mission. We go talk to the, uh, Yakuza boss who, um, basically extorts money from us, (laughs) pisses off Charlie as they do. Yeah. And, uh, uh, he says they have, we have some jet skis to get you into the upper city through the sewers. What was the price? He charged some exorbitant fee for it's him. It's like five thousand or fifty thousand dollars per jet ski. 
something like that. Yeah, I wanted to say it was more like five hundred thousand or five million or something like ridiculous. It was insanely high, and you know it, that pissed uh, Charles off. <laughs> Dan got a chuckle out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I think Dan likes it when Charles gets pissed off. Yeah. So, um, Charles is always like, "Oh, you crazy Americans! You're too loud." Yeah. That's, that's one of the things I love is like they're always getting into firefights. He's like, am I the only person who understands what the word covert means? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and practically everybody in the fucking country knows that they're there now. <laughs> so, um, they, uh, we get on the jet skis. I need to mention that since we've got our new crew, um, we now have to choose who we want to bring into our squad with us with Dan. Yeah. Um, and you you know you get to choose who you want to bring, and depending on who you bring with you, you get different dialogue. You know, um, like the first time I I ran into the British guys, I brought Charlie and uh, Rachel with me, both the British people, and they had dialogue talking about their past and how they know each other and stuff like that. And, oh, interesting. Yeah, it's it's real interesting whenever you com- combine the people together, what they say. So you learn a lot about the characters depending on who you put with them. Yeah, I think I've taken Big Bo every time, and uh, also Rachel, uh-huh. because those were the two I felt like they had the best guns, and I just wanted the best offense with me. Right. That was my uh, my decision. Also, I, I put a, a little bit of my money into upgrading Bo's gun, so I'm like, well, basically he's coming with me for the rest of the game. Yeah, that's, that's another thing that we should mention. Um, shooting off body parts, the more you destroy of a robot, the more money you get from it. Yeah. And never really explain it. You just get credits for just imagine them as points. Congratulations, you have a high score. Here's some money. Yeah. Well money makes way less sense, I think, than <laughs> yeah. points. So um <clears throat> there's a <clears throat> excuse me. What the hell? There's um stores. Like little personal stores, like little, little kiosks, kiosks. throughout the, uh, throughout <clears throat> the game, throughout the levels. Vending machines, basically, where you can uh, purchase uh, ammunition as well as uh, upgrade your uh, guns. Uh, and each character has their own specific type of gun. Like Dan, he always has his assault rifle with him. That also doubles as like a um electrical pulse charge. Yep. Um, but he can also carry a different, a separate gun with him as well. And he has a handgun that has infinite ammo, which is always nice. Um, and everybody carries their own gun. Big Bo has a light machine gun. Uh, Charlie carries a submachine gun. Rachel's into shotguns. And then. Faye's got the sniper rifle. Faye's got the sniper rifle. And then, I, I guess the French robot, uh, Kane is his name. Uh, he has a, um, kind of a machine pistol. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of um, uh, RoboCop's pistol. <laughs> yep. Um, it's a fully automatic pistol. So, um, but yeah, uh, so the, the, there's that aspect of it where you can always upgrade your weapons and stuff like that. You can also equip nano machines. Um, yeah, I've seen those in there. I haven't done anything with them yet, though. I have equipped everybody with at least two or three. Okay. Uh, most of them will give them better defense or um, uh, certain small things like a better recovery. So if they get knocked down, um, they'll recover faster. Okay. Um, the Dan, some of his are, are more 
I guess gamey like uh, there's there's a nano machine that I have that um, whenever you have somebody like you more it increases faster. <laughs> so there's you know pheromones. Yeah, pheromones. I, in fact, I think they even call it that. Oh really? I don't know. I, I may be wrong. You, well, I have to investigate that, but it may be pheromones. I can't remember. Um, so that's you know th- th- those there is a, a little bit of RPG elements to go along with it. But um, yeah, after that, um, you said you had some trouble with the uh, jet ski part. I had a little bit of trouble with the jet ski part. Now I don't think it was that hard. All right. But what the hell, man? Every time I'm going one mile an hour and the side of my jet ski bumps up against a wall, all of a sudden I'm flipped halfway around and half my life is gone. Nobody shot me. Nothing has happened. I just happened to touch against a wall when I'm barely moving, and all of a sudden it's like I just got rocked by a hurricane. And it just seemed ridiculous. Like I would be perfectly fine, and then all of a sudden I would bump a wall, spin around backwards, and then slowly try and turn my ass around so I can get going again, and then somebody shoots me and I'm dead. I think the turning was very, very floaty in this section. Um, yeah. like, like, especially if you did like a jump, even if it was a small jump, he would automatically turn sideways almost. Yeah. And like everything, yeah, everything that would happen would turn my jet ski sideways or yeah. all of, like a 180. The, and I was uh, just like, what the heck is going on? Nothing's touching me. I'm not really doing anything. And like, I, I was just fighting the controls and I didn't think it was that hard. It was just so, sort of aggravating. Right. I, um, did you die at that part? Yeah, I got six to eight times or so. Really? I didn't die once. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, basically, if I touched anything, I died in that in that section. Right. Well, I don't know. I I, <laughs> I seriously did not have a problem with that section. I thought, yeah, it was a little floaty, but um, I didn't think it was that bad. Yeah, overall, I don't think this game's been that hard yet. Yeah. I mean, the fact that I have three health packs, and each of my teammates has three health packs, and they'll give them to me if I need them, like, it's pretty hard to die, I think. During some of the boss fights, I've had them take a while, because I've had to have other people heal me. Yeah. But, I mean, in general, you can just go hide somewhere, and someone else will heal you if you get blasted by a rocket. Right. There was only one time I died so far. Um, only one time you died? Yeah. We'll, we'll get to it in a minute, but um, the the thing that I want to mention is that after that, there's there's a few sections that I know you had some trouble with. And, uh, there was one section I had trouble with, other than I was starting to have trouble with the uh with the jet ski, but basically all those same complaints were magnified times ten in that stupid stick your head out the top of the uh of of the truck and gun. While you're driving. Yeah. That section, man, that can burn in hell. <laughs> so, before all that... Uh, in fact, before... Um, yeah, this this happens before. Um, there's a boss fight that, that occurs before we even get to Mifune. Um, yep. With the spider. Yep. Um, this section was annoying for me. Because... Uh, I wanted to. Uh, okay, I have a problem. I will fully admit. I know that there was a trophy 
where if you destroy all the legs, you get a trophy for it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go for that trophy. I could have easily killed this boss. But instead, I wanted to destroy every single leg. And it made it harder. Oh, man. I think I got all the legs but one. I didn't know there was a trophy for that. <laughs> yeah. It was just kind of hopping around on one leg. A pogo stick. Yeah. I took out all the legs and it dies then. But you can shoot it in the chest a few times and it finally dies. And I was like, no, no, no. I want to get these legs. And the thing is, is like it, it constantly just locks onto you and fires yeah. those fucking rockets at you. Yeah. And I got knocked down so many damn times. I used up all my healing items and had to get my buddies to help me. And, you know, this yeah, all the time. It, they even ask you, you know, like you get knocked down. I don't have any healing items. They are the only ones that do have them. And they're like, do you need help? I'm like, help. Yeah. <laughs> so then, oh, recognized help. And it comes and they save you and stuff like that. And I always try to um, <clears throat> give them a good job whenever they, uh, whenever they, you know, after a battle, you know, it, it, like, man, that was close. And I always say, good job or nice work, you know, or something like that. Yeah. But there's, there's always like, Charlie's always like, ah, quit kissing ass. And it, like, sometimes it makes his, uh, his likeness go down. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm just trying to compliment you, Charlie. And then Faye, the, the strong silent type, she's, I'm like, thanks. She's like, you're welcome, I guess. <laughs> so, so I'm a bitch. But it, it picks me up sometimes, especially whenever I was getting pissed off. Uh, you know, I'd say, fuck. You know, and it, it recognized fuck. And then, like, Charlie would be like, quit being a baby. So annoying. So I don't, like, sometimes I just want to mute the mic and then say what I want to when I need to. Yeah. I thought it was, it was funny a couple times. There was just a couple of corridors where I, I got shot and died. Yeah, I mean, I didn't die, but like I, I went down and had to heal myself. And then you get like once that section's cleared, I get to the next room, and Charles goes, "Ah, you were really shitty back there." Essentially, <laughs> he's like, "You were really bad back there. You need to pick it up." And I'm like, "Huh? I guess you're right." <laughs> they uh, they have never said that because I find the shooting way too easy. Yeah, I find this game a little bit too easy for me. And so there's multiple sections where they're like, okay, let's split up. We'll go forward. You go to the right and flank them. I'm like, okay. Like, and you know, they'll be like, deal with the guys on the right. And so I, you know, I'm killing all the guys on the right. And then like Charlie's like, you're already done? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, because I'm a fucking badass. I'm Dan the man. So, you know, it's <laughs> – there's always been times like that and I always go, no problem. <laughs> yeah. No big deal. It's just me. So, um, but yeah, the, the spider fight was a little annoying for me because I'm a trophy whore. Uh, but after the, um, after the whole section with the, the jet skis, we come into another fight. Um, and this fight is with the iron Raptor. This is the, um, what is the iron Raptor? You remember that boss fight? Iron Raptor. That's what it says. Two, four chapter two, four. Let me look here. See what it says here. The Iron Raptor. Once down the ladder, take a left to the doors. Is know, that the uh, stinger like the missile helicopter thing? Is that the helicopter? Is that what that is? Yeah, the with, helicopter. With the four engines you have to take out. Yeah, the four. Yeah. I the, the worst part of this game is running out of fucking ammo. Yeah. Which I have done multiple fucking times. That's almost always the first thing I buy at each of those little upgrade stations. Yeah. Just because I don't want to run out of it and have to rely on my stupid pistol. 
Yeah. Which happened to me a couple of times. So, uh, but yeah, the, uh, the, the boss fight with the Iron Raptors, this floating helicopter looking thing where you have to shoot it out of the sky. You have to hit the, their engines twice and that goes down. There's four engines and all. You use a stinger. It's kind of funny that they like give, like, I mean, not funny, but convenient. It, I, convenient that, oh, there's a rocket launcher right here where the boss shows up, too. Yep. Here, <laughs> use this stinger missile that we just had lying around in a sewage treatment plant. Yeah. <laughs> um,. Let's see here. After that, uh, we get split up one more time. Uh, and uh, I had um, – God, who was it? Well, this is where we have to get to the elevator in the in the water treatment tank. Yeah, you have to save uh, two of your squad mates. Yeah. Who did you have drowning? Drowning? Yeah. I don't remember anyone drowning. Oh, they didn't drown, but they you had to save them. You had to turn off the water because the water was rising? Oh, yeah, that's just always the two that I don't have with me. So I, I always have Big Bo and Rachel with me. Okay. So it was Charlie and... Charlie and Faye. Faye. <laughs> okay, well, I, I had Big Bo and Faye drowning. <laughs> and uh, I saved them. That was This was the one time I died. Because you make it to the elevator, and Charlie's like, just go. Or he says, all right, we'll go. And I'm like, no, I got to go back for my guys. Dan's like, I got to go back for him. He yep. goes back for him. You're by yourself. Yeah. And I got shot and I didn't have any Helions with me. So <laughs> I sat there for, I swear to God, it seemed like two minutes bleeding out. That's how long it takes to bleed out in this game. And I finally just died. I was like, fuck, finally. <laughs> and so, and then I started it over. Um, but yeah, that, there was that part where they got stuck in this kind of like tube, like great tube, like a yeah. filtering tube, and they had to, get, you know, they kept climbing, but you know, they they had to eventually make it out, and the water was rising, and they were slowly drowning, so we had to, I had to save them. Shut the pumps off, right? At yeah. Time. Turn the water off of it, and uh, they they show back up, and we go re- rejoin the next the other squad mate. And then there's. It's right here where there's that section with the the monkeys, right? The little monkey robots. Yeah, they're in the um, they're in the water. Yeah, and then like when you're finally up on the elevator, once the team is back together and you're up on the elevator, uh, for me it was Charles. That was hanging on. That was hanging off, and then the the all the little monkey robots jumped onto him. Really? And you had to like shoot him off. It was Rachel for me. Okay. And um. I shot them all off. I, I, I guess they could potentially die there. Maybe. See, I, I don't know. Is it is this game deeper it than what th- we think? I think it would just reset. My guess is that it would just say mission failed. Start you th- over. You think so? I, I don't think they would die. I don't think the story would keep going. I don't think it's that developed of a game. I want to say I want to say it is, but I don't know. I don't know. I kind of want to go back and lose now. Yeah, I want to. I want to know if this game has some, you know, consequences to it. Because that would be the place, right? If ever. Yeah, that. I mean, that that totally seemed like a viable time to where you could you could easily lose a squad mate here. Period. You know, I just I mean, don't have that much faith in this game. It feels like they set up, you know, emotional ties at a la The Walking Dead or Heavy Rain, and then have them die. I mean, that would be pretty impactful. Not only from a gameplay standpoint, but from a story standpoint. 
I don't know. I need to I need to do some investigating. This game reaches that level. That's my guess. <sighs> but it would be so nice if it did. It would. And I hope I hope that in the end somebody dies. <laughs> because uh, yeah, like like you said, I I totally think that the big reveal is going to be that somebody is a hollow child. Yeah. The um uh, th- there was one thing we forgot to mention before going to see the the Yakuza boss um some of his gangsters pulled in this guy who was a hollow child. Um, in fact, I think Dan, that was the first time Dan had ever saw one. Oh, right. And Dan and Charlie were standing there watching it. Um, he ends up, he is, he kind of breaks away because they want to take him to the boss for killing him. Um, he doesn't know that he, obviously they don't know that they're robots. They think they're human. Um, and then when he sees what, what he really is, he doesn't, you know, he shoots himself in the head and kills himself. Um, and then you've got other people commenting on it like, oh, I didn't know a robot could commit suicide. Yeah. It's it, it's one of those things. It, it's kind of disturbing. Yeah. When you think about it, you know, this. what would you do in this situation if you realized I'm just a fucking robot? I'm not real. You know, it's disturbing to say the least. Mm-hmm. And of course, Dan's all like a bunch of scrapheads, you know. So I don't know. And I kind of like that way of of handling it, and just having somebody offhandedly be like, "Oh, I didn't think that that would happen." Instead of like zooming in on Dan's face and then him saying something, you know, it was slightly more subtle than than they've been in the rest of the game. Yeah. And I, I wish there was a little bit more of that, which is why I actually like the cutscenes quite a bit. Yeah. In this game, because it's not so focused just on somebody's face and. Then I'm like, all right, here's what you're gonna say, and you know, there's a little bit more. It's a little more dynamic, and there's some more people talking, and there's more things going on. So, um, after that, we uh, finally make it out of the sewers. We get a relatively funny scene where we're coming up out of the sewers, and we're in this kind of like posh cafe-looking area. Everybody, oh yeah. And everybody's looking at. There's people coming out of the sewers with machine guns and body armor, and they smell really bad. Yeah. And we just say, like, oh, we're here to uh, just inspect the sewers. Yeah, Dan's like, don't worry, people. Don't panic. We're here to inspect. Yeah, he's always the guy who wants to speak up to these Japanese people who don't probably speak English. Yeah. You know? He doesn't care. He's just going to speak. <laughs> Fuck it. They know English. <laughs> so. And there are some funny parts. Like, one of the – like, I went around there, and I was talking to everybody because – and that, that's when we're waiting for our French contact, right? Yeah, that's the that's another one of those little hubs where you can talk yeah. to your teammates. So I talked to the teammates, and then I was like, oh, I'm not really sure. I'm just going to keep waiting. So then I started talking to everybody else. And uh, I really like some of the people who are like, don't talk to him. Like they were talking to each other, and they were like, don't talk. Don't even look at him. <laughs> the thing is, most of these sound American. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's only there's a very few amount of people who actually sound like Japanese people speaking English. Most, but it's a Japanese developer making Japanese people. <laughs> this is true. I don't know. So strange. But um, yeah. So after that, uh, we decide to move on, and that's when we um, we run into our French contact. Um, in fact, it's it's while we're getting chased by the police, uh, the police show up because they've obviously they've heard a disturbance is going on in the cafe area. Um, and they send security robots after you. 
you um you try to escape and then that's when we run into our French contact. The French contact was named Jacques. Was that his name? Mm, probably. I can't remember. Jean. Uh, I think it was Jean. Jean. Jean, Jean Renault. Yeah. Uh and um, he's like, get in. He's in a van. He's like, get in. You know, the cops chasing us. And then we come to find out he has a robot driving. And of course, Dan does not like this. You're like, you letting a scraphead drive us? And of course, the 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 French robot speaks with a French accent and is quite the gentleman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in fact, he is possibly one of the coolest characters in this game. <laughs> yes, I agree. Um, so, uh, um, this begins the part where you uh, hate, where we uh, were being chased by both the police as well as security bots, um, going down a highway in a van, and Dan has elected himself to take Big Bo's machine gun and start unloading on these fuckers. And I did not have a single problem with this. Holy hell. I did not die once. I died at least 25 times. What the fuck, man? There's nothing I could do. There's nothing I could do in in this section. I'm trying to shoot people, but I can't aim at them because my car's swerving all over the place. Okay. Then when I finally do get to shoot people, my clip runs out, and then I'm trying to reload, and sometimes it takes me five, six, seven tries to reload my gun, because we're talking like it's like a three to four second reload animation, and if you get hit at any time during that reload animation, whether it's your idiot driver running into the fucking wall, or another car, or an enemy car, or you get shot by a gun from an enemy car, or from a flying robot... Or from anything else, or you just if he swerves too hard, that interrupts your animation, and then you you go back to normal. You try and shoot. You're like, oh, I still have to reload. Well, start that animation again, and then 25 other things can disrupt your animation. And I, I don't know. There was just there were some parts where I made it 75% of the way through, barely even got hit once. I was I was absolutely perfect, and then I just couldn't reload my gun and died. You you do realize that you can hit the X button and hide, right? That probably would have helped. You didn't know that? Nope. Yeah. If you hit the X button, he would duck down into the into the van. And then you could reload and then pop back up. Is the van still getting shot? Uh, it, like are you still taking damage? No. <laughs> can you just go in the van and hide the whole time then? You, you, um, no, you I mean you have to destroy the guys. Do you? Because there are a couple parts where the the enemies just stop if you haven't killed them yet, and okay. they just don't follow you anymore. Huh? There's one like towards there's one part where you go into like the third tunnel. Um, I think you know right when you start, it's just the flying robots, and you get like four, six, or eight of those, and then you go to the tunnels, and the cars meet up with you, and they start shooting you uh-huh. and ramming you, and disrupting your reload animations. <laughs> Um, but at, at one point when you enter like the third tunnel, all of the flying robots just stop following you. Huh. So, I, I mean, if you can just go in and wait, I wonder if you can just <laughs> not shoot anybody in that section. This is true. I don't know. But yeah, there, that, there was that mechanic. Oh God, I hated that section. It took me three separate play sessions to get through it. 
Like, I got there, you know, I, I was doing well. I got to that section, died four or five times. I'm like, all right, I'll just pick this up next time. Came back to it, played for a full hour, couldn't beat it. I'm like, oh, I'll just come back to it next time. And then the next time it took me just a couple more tries. But I was like, holy hell. I hope there are not too many more of those in this game, and I'm sure there are. Um, I, I did not have a single problem. Um, let's see here. A better man than I. <laughs> After that, um, we make it to, um, the next section where, uh, we basically have to get out of the, um, the middle of the highway. Highways, you know, we, we wreck our van and we get out and then we're pretty much pinned down behind the van while we're getting shot at and, uh, we have to hold off the guys and then move away and go inside of a building yep. into the, uh, the aggro center, which was kind of cool. I, I really like the aggro center. So, um, what happened here when you go into the aggro center, uh, you enter this room where, uh, the door, uh, gets shut and one of your teammates gets left behind. Um, with me, I had Charlie and I had, uh, Kane with me, the robot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I chose Charlie to come with me. So Kane was left behind. What I didn't know was, was that if I brought Kane with me, he wouldn't have a problem breathing because he's a robot. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah. I had big Bo with me and I left Kane behind. Yeah. See, I had, uh, I had Charlie with me, so I had to, so basically what happens is we enter this room and the robots activate this, I don't know, it's like a, some kind of poison gas Yeah. Um, that uh, uh, chokes us. And we have to go into uh, basically decontamination rooms, these small rooms where it cleans out the air. Um, what, basically what happens is the longer you stay out there in the gas, it's basically like you're getting shot almost. You're slowly, you know, the screen's slowly turning red and you're slowly dying kind of deal. So you have to constantly keep going back and forth into those rooms. Uh, you have to destroy four panels that control the the gas itself. Which I couldn't find the fucking panels. I could find two of them, and I was like, "Where the fuck are the other panels?" Oh, yeah, there's the two that are up on the ceiling, basically. And yeah. The two that are down at your level. Yeah, and I was like, "Okay, I've looked everywhere in this fucking maze of a damn area." <laughs> and I pissed off Charlie one time because I I thought he was in the room with me, and he wasn't. So I closed the door, and he's like, open the fucking door. Yeah, I did that like four times to Big Bo. I was like, well, hurry up then. So, um... That's a nice little distraction, I yeah, guess. Yeah, different, different. It changed up the formula a little bit. I mean, after, after corridors and those little arena fights, basically, it's... You know, it's nice to have some, some difference in what you're doing. Yeah. So, um, after that, get ready for some more corridors because that's what's going to happen. Uh, we, uh, eventually make it to kind of like, um, like a cultural center almost. It's almost like a lobby. Mm-hmm. You know, it has like a fountain and stuff and it's, you know, it looks like a, like a waiting lobby, but it's huge and it's almost like a greenhouse. Got like a lot of plants and stuff like that. Um, and we have a Which big, you would expect in an aggro center, I guess. Yeah, sure. That's 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 fine. That works. Um, and here, uh, 
your two other squad mates have already made it to the top. You've got to make it to the elevators to get to the top. And here we, we run into a bunch of security bots, um, as well as these new type of bots that are like poles, but then they extend to like these almost insect looking things. You know what I'm talking about? That have the eye in the middle. They show up where the fountain is. Yeah, I, I remember them. I just can't picture them at the moment. Yeah. They're like a pole, and then they separate and have like three legs that walk toward you. Oh, yeah. They, they go down really easy, though, right? Yeah, you pop them in the eye a few times, and they yeah. go down. Oh, yeah, I remember those guys. Um, but yeah, after that, uh, after a bunch of fights and stuff like that, there is no boss fight here or anything like that. Uh, after that, you, you, may, you try to make it to the elevator. Once you make it to the elevator... You uh, you go up to the the roof. Um, this part was what really annoyed me because I didn't know what the fuck to do. <laughs> uh, mainly because I killed everything in the area. I had um, went to the elevator. Charlie and Kane kind of just chill out right outside the elevator and just look around. I'm like, okay, you. You fuckers gonna get in the elevator? Because I can't hit the button to to make the elevator go. Right. They have to be inside. So the first thing I did was try to regroup, regroup. And yeah, regroup like, in the elevator. Yeah, and they're like, "All right, we're coming," and then they just walk like two st- steps, but not come in the elevator and just sit outside the elevator again. I'm like, "Motherfucker!" So I finally started getting wise. I went around them outside the elevator. And start slowly walking through them and pushing them into the elevator. <laughs> and then they start c- trying to walk out of the elevator. Like, I'm not supposed to be here right now. And I was like, what the fuck is this game doing to me? And so I swear to God, I did this for 20 minutes. I was like, what am I doing wrong? And I started looking it up. I was like, elevator glitch, binary domain. And people were talking about it too. People made hmm. videos of this shit. And of so, that section? Of that, of that one part. Of like, I don't know how to get these guys in. Finally, I said regroup, and they kind of followed. I was back behind. I, I went back out of the elevator. I hit regroup. They walked. They followed behind me. Regroup behind me. I walked, and they kind of followed me. And I got to the very end corner of the elevator and said regroup, and they finally walked in. I was like, "Thank Christ!" And I just hit the fucking button and went to the next damn section. That <laughs> I swear, guys, was twenty minutes of me just yelling into this mic. You know, regroup, fuck. And then it was like, yeah, don't be a baby. And I'm like, shut the fuck up, you jackass. Get in the fucking elevator. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that that happened. Huh, I never that, had any problem there. That was annoying, yeah. And after that, we get up to the roof, uh, and we have one final kind of big fight, uh, holding off guys while um, all your squad mates use... I thought that was really funny when uh, Kane... Basically, like throughout the game, a couple times now, he shows you different things that he can do. Yeah. Like at first, they're like, "Oh, this guy's not going to be able to hold up his end in a battle," and then he's crazy good to shooting missiles. And then here, they're like, "No, you don't have a a cable there," and he just like opens his hands up and shoots a cable <laughs> all the way across the street, the other building. Yeah, and they use a zip line through him. Yeah, through him while he's just holding on to one end of it. Yeah, he's he has he has shot a zip line into another building across this very large gap. Yeah. 
and he is holding on to a pole on the other side. And they're like, okay, just use the zip line. <laughs> and they're like, okay. And so they um, slowly, one by one, everybody's going by. Of course, Dan stays back and Faye stays back. And uh, during this time, we're getting kind of ambushed. We're trying, we're trying to hold off these guys. And so we're, uh, uh, you know, uh, Charlie makes it, Big Bo makes it, Rachel makes it, and then it's time for both Dan and uh, Faye to go. And then he's like, well, what are you going to do, Kane? You can't make it over here on your own. He says, don't worry about me. And I forgot to mention these two characters that they introduce. There's these two cops, like detectives, who um, are chasing after the Rust crew. But I don't think they actually know what's going on. Yeah. It turns out like these are actually good guys. They just don't know what is going on right now. Yeah, they're just kind of oblivious cops that are yeah. following orders. Yeah, there's these two detectives who are kind of – and they're talking back and forth to each other. And you, you know that they're eventually going to have a realization like, oh, shit, there's fucking you know, skin jobs running around. We need to help out these dudes. You know, I have a feeling that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um. But uh, they still, they're still under the impression that we're the bad guys. So um, the one detective sees them using the zip line and shoots the zip line with a sniper rifle. Yep. While, he shoot them. He shoots the zip line. Yeah, he shoots the zip line while Faye and Dan are on it. And so they fall all like hundreds of feet. It just so happens a uh, monorail goes by. Dan lands on it. Faye, she falls, keeps falling, and he's like, oh, no, she's dead, and then here comes that Faye. That was almost your moment. Yeah, that was, uh, here comes Faye and um, Kane. Kane is using rocket boots to float himself while holding Faye, and he's like, oh, you can just do all sorts of stuff, and I remember, uh, he said, why didn't you save me? And he's like, she's prettier. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then they land inside of the... Um, they, they they go inside of the uh they they fall actually. Kane and Faye fall into the the uh, train itself and then Dan follows suit and now they're inside the train. And that's the end of chapter three. And that's where we left off. That was halfway point. That is chapter wise. Yeah. It's, it, from from what the amount of chapters that is the halfway point. Looks like chapter four is a relatively long chapter. And then chapter five and six are relatively short so but yeah that's where we're going to end right there um i'm having a good time with it yeah i think it's uh surprisingly competent technically and it's just relatively fun i think yeah the characters are fun the the shooting feels somewhat fresh there's i'm not having any problems getting into cover getting out of cover pulling up the gun i want i mean you have to work with some of the things that it does. Like again, you can't throw the grenades immediately, but within the context of what it does, it seems to do everything well. Right. I think it's um, it's a well crafted game. I don't know. I'm uh, did this game come out at sixty dollars at launch? Yes, it did. So okay, I, I didn't because it has full multiplayer also. Yeah, that's another thing that like from what I understand, it has a full versus multiplayer, and I think it even has co op challenges. Yeah, co op challenges. You can't play the campaign co op, but it yeah. does have its own. I think it's kind of like horde mode. Yeah, I I don't know how it works. I haven't even looked at it. So I mean, we have, we could even try some of that if you wanted to. Yeah, we should actually. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm I'm 
thoroughly surprised at uh, at how how much I'm enjoying this game. I, I really I think it's really really fun, and I really love the presentation. A, a game that I don't think anybody played. Yeah, it's not a game I could see being anybody's favorite because I don't think it it doesn't it's not that original. Yeah, but I think that what it it, it does exactly what it set out to do, and I think it does it well. Yeah, I think it, it, it's pretty fantastic. Yeah. I'm I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Except for the one section where I was getting knocked all over the place. Other than that, you know, everything else I've loved. The bosses are even kind of fun. I mean, yes, a little, maybe even a little long sometimes if, if you don't do what it wants you to do. Like there were, the second time you fight the uh, Grand Lancer, they were like, oh, go up to the roof and jump on its head. I'm like, ah, I'm just going to shoot it in the face. <laughs> After about 10 minutes of that, I'm like, all right, I guess I'm headed to the roof. <laughs> But yeah, that's um that's binary domain. The first half of it, pretty fun. How, how many hours you say you're in? About four. Uh, five according to Raptor, but you know it could be four and a half or five and a half. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's that's about right for me too. Um, but I'm really enjoying it, and I uh, can't wait to see how this goes. I want to see. I I want some um, I want some revelations. Yeah, I'm actually excited to see where the story goes. Yeah. And even the rest of the game, like, I want to see what other bosses they're going to throw at me. Yeah, I want to yeah. see, you know, what other characters we might meet, both. You know, I don't know if there's any more uh, squad characters. I'm sure there's at least one or two. There could be, yeah. Um, I think one of the cops may join you. I don't know. Yeah, I'd like to see if anything goes on with the cops. So, like, all the different characters I kind of want to see. I want to see what kind of bosses I'm going to get to encounter. I want to see where the story goes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the second half. They're doing a pretty good job with those boss encounters. It's 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 refreshing just to you don't see giant bosses anymore. I think this is a game that needs it. It needs the bosses. It needs like the jet ski and car ride levels. Yeah. It needs some of the things like the poison gas area because this game doesn't feel boring. It doesn't feel stale yeah. the way I'm playing it, and I think it's because of all this extra spice that's thrown in the in the mix. Yeah, I love the um. For some reason, I'm getting this vibe of like whenever you you pause the game and it shows all your squad mates and it has like their picture of their face mm-hmm. and like the the it I don't know what it is. It's like it, it looks like it reminds me a little bit of uh, Final Fantasy 13. Whenever you pause the game and you can see all your party members and it has their faces and stuff like that, it just looks like a video game. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, it looks like oh that's so gamey. It's like that's your party <laughs> members right there. You know, it's like you know. Always, you know, every Final Fantasy has always showed the party member characters, their faces, and what they look like, and stuff like that. And it just, it looks like this feels like a video game. It feels like a gamey game kind of deal. And it, I don't know, it's just the it's present okay with this game. Yeah, I, I man, I'm enjoying the crap out of this game. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Binary Domain. It's yeah. pretty pretty damn fun. Check it out. Yeah, definitely. If you have PlayStation, well, it's too late now. It's already went is off. It, is it off? Yeah, it's off. I think good. I think it's off. I mean, good thing I picked it up. Um, yeah, now it's a uh, DMC, which if yeah. you have not I was played, also DMC, excited. I have not even touched it. You need to play that game. That was my game of the year last year. I can't wait. This is a good fucking month for PlayStation Plus. Yes, it is. That Very Bioshock much. Infinite. Yep, got that. Got Don't Starve on the PS4. And uh, there was one other game. I think it was for the Vita, if I'm not mistaken. But I can't remember what it is. But yeah, 
uh, Binary Domain, we will be back next week to finish this sucker off. Um, and then after that, oh man. After, oh boy. After that, we are going to be playing through Blue Dragon with uh, the editor-in-chief of ZTDD, Ken McGowan. It's a thousand-hour game that comes on three different discs. It's not a thousand. I, seriously, I mean, I don't know. I've never beat the game, but I think I think it, it will take us about as long as Dark Souls, which means Ken is already getting a head start. He said he's about five hours in. Uh, he wanted to because he didn't have as much time as we do. Yeah. At least that's what he says. I mean, he's got a kid and a wife. <laughs> so... I don't have shit anymore. <laughs> I don't have shit either. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just like, fuck it, video games it is. So, um, but yeah, Blow Dragon, man. I haven't played that game since 2007. I haven't played that game since ever. Yeah. Oh, man, have you have you at least heard the boss theme to that song, that game? Nope. Oh, you are in. Don't, don't look it up. I mean, I didn't have a 360 any time around that time when it was coming out. Okay. Do not look up. Until we start playing that game, do not look up the boss fight theme song to Blue Dragon. Because when you hear it, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> it is it is the most ridiculous, most awesome fucking song ever. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing that has me a little scared about it is that I've been playing uh, Need No Kuni lately. Uh-huh. Yeah. Put a few hours into that, and it's just so gorgeous. That I don't know. I just I have this feeling that as soon as I boot up Blue Dragon, I'm just going to be horribly underwhelmed by everything. Um, visually, Dra- audio, just all of it. Blue Dragon is more I mean, simplistic. It's, as it's not a new game, you know, yeah. w- with the names attached to it. The only thing I know about Blue Dragon, and probably save most of this for next week or the week after, but yeah. the only thing I know about it is that. The reception did not live up to the expectations based on the names attached to it. Well, that's literally that and the cover of the box are all I know about that game. Okay, well, it is a turn-based role-playing game. This is almost classic Final Fantasy. You know, Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. Um, the art style is the same style of Akira Toriyama. Um, he was the man who created uh, Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. Which is why a lot of the characters you see will look a lot like Goku. And yeah, that hair. Yeah. For some reason, every time I see that hair, I'm like, yep. Yeah, he has the hair. They all have the same kind of facial features. Uh, he, he does a lot of minimalist minimalist stuff. You know, you, you're not going to see a lot of detail and stuff, um, but it's going to be very colorful um, and very vibrant. Is there a lot of FMV? I mean, not not actual video, but a lot, there are a lot of cutscenes. There's a decent amount of cutscenes, yeah. Is is that why it takes up three discs? If it's not the length, it must be a lot of cutscenes. A little bit of both. I mean, there is a good amount of content in there. I mean, this okay. is a 50 hour RPG, and okay. it's on the 360. You know, there, it's not Blu-ray or anything like right. that. It's DVDs. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's a. It's off three. I couldn't believe three. I haven't seen three since a PlayStation game. Yeah. That's it's PlayStation One game. It's been a while. But it, it's one of those ones that I was always kind of sad that I missed, and I'm I'm actually really excited to try it finally. It's a pretty fun game. That and the Last Remnant, I always wanted to try. The Last Remnant. Oh, I, I know what you're talking about. It came out around the same time as Infinite Undiscovery, mm-hmm. and I want to say Infinite Undiscovery was supposed to be better. 
I'm sure there's some JRPG players out there who would highly disagree with me. I have played the beginning of The Last Remnant, and that was it. Um, as far as last-gen role-playing games go, like traditional-style role-playing games, you really can't beat Lost Odyssey. Um, in fact, I would prefer to play Lost Odyssey over Blue Dragon, but Ken is really wanting to play Blue Dragon. Uh, Lost Odyssey, if you have a soul, I guarantee you, you will cry during that game. I cr- I'm telling you right now, I've only cried during a couple of games in my life. Lost Odyssey was one of them, and it made me cry multiple times. That story is one of the saddest fucking stories I've ever seen in my entire life. Wow. Even over fucking movies. <laughs> <laughs> it shows that being an immortal is possibly the worst fucking thing you can ever experience in your entire life. Damn. <laughs> ever. <laughs> That is, it's the biggest curse you could ever put on somebody. And the main character is an immortal. Um, and it's, God. The thing is, it's like, it's, they have these, they have these like stories that you can read. It was like, like 15, 20 page stories. It was memories of the main character. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't even part of the story that you're playing. It was like his memories of the past, of his past quote unquote lives. And uh, those were just fucking heartbreaking, dude. Like him, he, like, you know, outliving your own children, you know, and, and shit like that. You know, he, like, can I ever love again? And he'd constantly take on new wives and have children. And, you know, it, the pain of watching his family die over and over again and him never getting older. And so it, it haunted him forever. Hmm. It's fucked up. That game is crazy. That game is good. But, um, yeah. Nobu Uematsu did both soundtracks. So we're in for some good music. Yeah, I'm excited. But, yeah, uh, Blue Dragon. Two weeks. Two weeks from now, we're going to start Blue Dragon. But uh, next week, we will be back to finish up Binary Domain. Because I'm pretty... Which I am also excited about. Oh, yes. I'm absolutely excited to finish Binary Domain. I think it's going to be great. And I'm really excited. Uh, but yeah, um, that's it for us uh, this week. I do appreciate everybody listening. We, I, I don't think we have any new iTunes reviews. I haven't looked. I looked yesterday, but there may be one today. I'm not going to look. I'm sorry. If you did leave us one, I will read it next week. Uh, but if you haven't left us an iTunes review, we would greatly appreciate it. We are on iTunes under Phoenix Down. Um, you can subscribe to us there. And please, if you would, leave us an iTunes review. We will read it out on the show, whether it be good or bad. Um you can also follow us all on Twitter. Uh, I am at DML Fury. Matt is at R-E-M-G-S. You can also follow the podcast itself at ZTGD Phoenix Down. Um, and that's where we usually post on Twitter. Hey, new episodes coming up, stuff like that. You can also send me an email, Drew at ZTGD.com. Let us know what you think about Binary Domain. Uh, also, let us know what you think about Blue Dragons upcoming. And if you have any other games you want to suggest to us, please feel free to do so in our email or you can tweet to us any games that you really like and you want us to hear or you want us to, to hear us talk about. So, um, but yeah, uh, but I appreciate everybody listening. Well, we'll be back next week with binary domain, but until then I am drew and I'm Matt and we're out of here. Catch you guys next week. Keep your eyes out for some, uh, skin jobs. 
they're out there, they're everywhere.